0: to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new living and breathing technology podcast. You're about to join Amina Agarwal as she captures and shares unedited stories of tech professionals as they reflect on the past, foresee the future, and discuss what they would like to change for a better tomorrow. Knowledge is power, now more than ever.
1: Welcome to another episode of Living and Breathing Technology, where we talk about different aspects of life. I'm your host, Amina Agarwal, and I have with me today, Anu and Sumit, very inspiring cybersecurity professionals and leaders called the Cyber Siblings. They believe learning often takes a long time and needs to be maintained just like your health. So the speed of change in today's tech world means we have got to learn faster and their purpose is to enable you to learn cyber really fast. And that's lightning fast. So let's hear their story from them. Welcome, Anu and Sumit. Really nice to have you both here uh, on the show. Likewise. It's great to be here.
2: Thanks, Amina. Likewise.
1: Thank you. So just starting on about a little bit about yourself more than, you know, uh, in tech, but where did you both grew up and what was your family made of, made up of like how many brothers and sisters are you? So just a little bit of your uh, background from where you come from.
2: Sure. I'll
3: let, uh, I'll let Sweet start off.
2: Eh? Yeah. Look, um, the cyber siblings, um, that's what everyone's been, um, referring us, to, um, referring to us as. And, um, it is just the two of us. Um, we've been asked a lot of questions about, okay, do you have other siblings as well? No, it's just, um, just the two of us. And I think the, the whole concept of the cyber siblings just, um, it seems to stick. So we've gone with it and, uh, and I think that's just become our little, little tagline or our little, um, uh, reference names uh, to, for both of us. Uh, okay. in terms of, uh, how that came about, I don't know who first in, invented it or, uh, or uh, applied it to us, but, um, I guess it was just the whole, uh, the whole background about it is these two siblings whom have kind of supported themselves. Um, and supported each other through various backgrounds, I would actually say. So, and I will let my, my sister talk about her background in more detail as well, but we are actually both um, uh, chartered accountants. So in terms of my sister was actually my CA mentor and uh, she got me through the chartered accountants program. And uh, that kind of background, it's all, it's all transpired into us actually getting into cybersecurity and how we've done that. and. Um, I guess the process or I won't, I won't say pram- framework but uh, pretty much I guess the process of how we've gone from um, very diverse backgrounds to actually come into um, be contributing and um, growing along with the whole cybersecurity industry and, and yeah and that's I guess uh, the, the dual effect you could say from both of us and we help amplify each other so that's I guess the cyber sibling effect on the background of it <laughs>
3: Well, if I, hadn't, if I hadn't turned into cyber, mean, I think um my original dream was to play tennis professionally, play at Wimbledon. So I think it's a very opposite ends of the world that I've ended
1: up Yes, and I was quite fascinated when when I first met you virtually and I was like oh my god, these siblings and they're supporting each other this is quite new because um, back in India we call uh, siblings uh, brothers and sisters, Bhaya and Didi and uh, it was really overwhelming to see both of you helping each other, supporting each other in the journey, in in your career journey and um, I, I had this um, in my mind, just I, I wanted to ask you. I know that did you did you feel uh, that you wanted to lead as an example as an elder sister since uh, very like as as a young girl? Did you always feel that?
3: That's a
1: really interesting question. I don't think I ever
3: thought about whether I was always going to lead. I think it's been, um, for us, we're close in age, so we actually just take turns. So while Smeed's giving me credit for being his CA, me- CA mentor, um, I think the, the reverse is equally applicable that when I wanted to switch into cyber, he was my cyber buddy. He took me under his wing and he spent weekends and evenings teaching me the practical cyber stuff. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure, like, throughout school, um, I think I used to get him ahead in algebra, but then when I was doing some of my postgraduate studies, I remember there were some really um, business strategic assignments and I'd get his advice on things. So I think we've just, over time, naturally um, played to each other's strength and and really um, sought help on each other's superpowers. We are two individuals. But hey, we're siblings, so let's help each
1: other. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, did you feel the same, Sumit, or did you find her her little bit more bossy? Is no, she no, honest?
2: That's <laughs> far from it. I, would, I would actually <laughs> say I, I probably took advantage of the when someone's older, when someone's younger, um, uh, and off the record. Um, Actually, I shouldn't be saying this, this is on the record
1: on the podcast. But that's all right.
2: <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I nailed it straight on. Like in, in terms of it wasn't, I think, just algebra, it was maths as a whole. Um, and, you know, how they always go. Look, she was obviously a very good and strong female role model in terms of, look, mathematics and, you know, going into that STEM field. So um, I think she has actually paved the way for me in terms of my cybersecurity career. Um, But she gives me the credit for bringing her in, so I think it was kind of like a um, push and pull, um, bring each other um, up. And I think in terms of um, the whole, um, the older, the younger one, I would actually say I sometimes used to take advantage of it. Whenever I was in protective mode, I was the elder brother but um, I guess whenever we were up to mischief or we would um, uh, we would have done something as kids, then if we were to get scolded, then I would obviously be the younger brother, so I wouldn't take the heat from the parents. So, um, But yes, again, off the record, no one needs to know that.
1: <laughs> no, that's, that's right. That, that's all right. I'm in, I'm, I was uh, in the same boat because I'm the eldest of the three sisters and uh, they used to team up against me when something went wrong and they used to say it's just her she did it she did it. we don't know anything about it so I can definitely resonate to it um, yeah. so, uh, so just going back to where you started your career journey what was your first paid job like what was it for you maybe Anuf you could yeah. start
3: I'll, I'll start mine so um, my whole career story is kind of um, I would say A to C so I didn't go, it's like grades in high school where I got a grade A and then I got grade C. It's not going backwards, but I started my career as a chartered accountant. And then over 20 years that I've been working, um, I'm a cyber professional is what I call myself now. But my first job was uh, as a chartered accountant in a tax accounting role. So I used to get those lovely shoe boxes that clients would drop off into the office and there would be receipts and one by one we would go is this business deductible is it income what is it and this yes. is the days when people used to pay with cash so there were physical paper receipts and um we would use excel and then we would transfer the totals into accounting software and there would be this dial up modem that was connect us to the australian tax office and we would submit there were even paper forms when I started and then the modem part came in. <laughs> so very, very interesting start to my career.
1: How old are you?
2: Yeah,
1: no, that's fascinating as well. Like starting from when everything you know, technology was getting developed and you were getting used to all of the new tools, etc. So it's it's really fascinating. So, what about you, Sumit? How what was your first paid job like? Was it chartered accounted as well?
2: Yeah, no. Like, as in, this was before I'd um, undertaken my CA. I was actually in um, my first um, role was in corporate and it was strategy and operations for um, wealth management, banking, and insurance. <laughs> so, huh. very, very lift of field. Um, I guess the first sort of tech bit. Um, uh, well, we've got an, actually an interesting story. Um, one of the um, first initiatives that I took on there was um, how could we actually automate and enable um, the uh, one of the insurance processes. So, like when a building assessor or someone actually needed to go out and on site as a surveyor, how would they actually go about making sure we can automate and get those things? Because everything, like um, my sister was saying, everything was very manual and you know forms and. Paper related. Um, so at that time, I know the, the UK were doing something at that time, and you know we had some people come over across to us and say, "Okay, look, how do you also want to go?" And we actually had um, a proof of concept that we together did. We came up with ideas and jointly came up with the strategy. But the interesting thing was our our I guess purpose or i guess our strategic mindset was ahead of the technology and the reason why i like this example is every single time nowadays we always say technology is way far ahead and we're always playing catch up this is one instance where we were actually a step ahead of the technology wow so when we're getting those assessors to come in and like okay well look we can automate this for you and go well why don't you actually go and do this maybe on a tablet the problem with actually the whole idea was that 3G was not prevalent in Australia at that time. So how were you yeah. going to do that? <laughs> yeah. So, like, obviously for the UK, that was different. They were actually rolling out the 3G network and they were able to do this. For us, that that kind of communication, just, you know, everything just broke down. Now it's a whole different thing, you know, like we're already on 5G um, yes. here. So yes. I guess that whole... Telecommunications aspect, the infrastructure, the whole grid—that kind of um, element was quite interesting. So that was one of my first um, in a certain role, dealings with um, technology actually being behind where we were, where we were thinking far ahead.
1: <laughs> wow! No, that's that's quite cool actually to actually think about. Uh, how to innovate uh, in a way um, wherein we are progressing much ahead from technology. So uh, when you were thinking all of these things, what led you to transition into cybersecurity? What led you to just gain more knowledge about cybersecurity? Uh, Let's start with Uh, Sumit because he's the Uh, one.
2: Cybersecurity or just the cyber cyber physical systems or that kind of tech related has always been a part of me. I don't think it's something where someone specifically goes, oh, okay, look, I am going to be a cyber security specialist. Um, uh, surely it wasn't something that, you know, <laughs> growing up that, you know, that was going to be the, the all and end all. I think I've always had a fascination with like the computers and the tech related matters. And I've wherever I've been in any role I've been, I've always been the go-to person for tech. So um, I I I go to him for
3: tech support. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) It's It's
2: happened a lot in workplaces as well. It's like, okay, well, um, if we go to IT support, um, they're getting inundated with a lot of tickets. Um, maybe we can actually speed this process up. So make, can you just, um, help us with doing this? Okay. Solved. We don't need to raise a ticket. <laughs> so, but, um, my sister would have probably seen this firsthand. I think one of her, um, first, um, computers, um, like, yeah. uh, or maybe it was the, the one the big- after the big, like, uh, the, not a laptop, but like as one of the larger ones. Um, that was one that I actually um, physically broke and um, pulled apart. <laughs>
3: nice.
1: so, was it for I, learning or did you do it <laughs> <entry>?
2: <laughs> No, no, but look, she would stopped using it and then I did it. So it was with permission, right? <laughs> you okay. you permission, so. You
1: <laughs> it with permission. With permission and for education purposes.
2: Yes, so this is, this is, this is uh, ethical hacking 101, right? Um, we do it with permission. Um, and, yeah, so I've actually broken that apart, pulled the power apart all, like, you know, the motherboard, the all the little bits and pieces in there, down to actually pulling out the RAM sticks and mm. even going down to pulling out certain resistors and um, capacitors on the um on certain integrated circuits actually pulling those apart. And um
1: did you put, did you put them back? That's what did I, was
2: you <laughs> I was like, let's hope no one notices. Let me just put everything back together. But you know, I think it's more what I'm trying to get at here from this story is the curiosity mindset. Cybersecurity is just as much as it is about being having a keen eye for things as it is about being curious and whether that's picking things apart, think about like as a as a kid, when you don't know what a certain object is, when you don't know whether something is good or bad, and you do not know how to talk, let alone actually know multiple languages, what's the first thing you do as a baby? You pick up a foreign item and you put it in your mouth.
1: Yes. Right? <laughs> it's, 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 it's,
2: but, but we should learn from babies here. It's kind of like, you know, you're curious about something and you pick it up and you feel mm-hmm. it and... Like, you try and understand what it is, so you know, like, going forward. And the same thing is about having a curious mindset in cybersecurity. So whether, you know, that's breaking things apart and putting them together. And that's how I actually explored what hardware was actually inside tech. I did it with a microwave oven as well once, so I won't even get the on that story. But at that time, as a kid, did I know um, that later on there would be a certification called CompTIA A+. Which deals with all this hardware and like, as in, gets you into one of those IT tech support roles? No, of course not. Um, And so, yeah, the moral of the story is, you know, learn like a baby and have that curious mindset. That was kind of my entryway into cybersecurity.
1: I can
3: tell you, I mean, mine's totally
1: different. (laughs) <laughs> yes i do agree that yours will be a little bit different as I, you're more I did not make computers i did not even try and
3: fix microwaves or anything um i would say i um i'm more of the building person so i grew up playing a lot of lego i love the fact that as a kid you get those lego sets and you you have the thing that the lego box comes with and you build that But then you're also told, well, you're not going to build the same thing over and over again, so then you have to use your creativity and you have to use those building blocks to build something different. That was a lot of my childhood, and I think that stayed with me. Rather than um, picking up new hobbies all the time, I've kind of used that Lego analogy of you've got those building blocks, you need to build new things with it, use your imagination, For me, it's been lifelong learning. It's been how do you continuously learn? And so rather than like people pick up new hobbies, this year I'm going to learn how to play guitar, I'm going to learn how to be running a marathon. I think my story has been over the 20 years, I've switched careers five times. So from a tax accountant to an internal auditor to a governance risk compliance person to a supply chain transformation risk innovation person, cyber data, emerging tech, and finally full-fledged cyber professional. I've been doing cyber stuff for a good decade, like behind the scenes, special projects at night on weekends. Um, but it's really been that creativity and curiosity and lifelong learning mindset that I've constantly been upskilling myself using the previous skills and learning new skills and applying them in different ways, kind of like the Lego sets. Um, and that's how I've made my journey into cyber.
1: Sure. So um, so what was, what was your thought when you were, you know, moving from chartered accountancy to cybersecurity? What, what motivated you? What, what actually motivated you to get into cybersecurity and learn these things? Yeah, look, I'll, I might continue
3: and share my story. Um, I think for me the motivation was that um, they, like we're, in it, we're moving towards a digital world. Like we were moving towards a digital world. You could see everything was becoming technology, digital um, uh, devices. You then had like emerging tech, like artificial intelligence, machine learning coming in. Once you started seeing those trends, and I think part of my job is to be strategic, look at global trends, um, and you read the stuff that comes out of the World Economic Forum, you start getting a sense of, well, you know what, there is going to be a lot of risks. And having done audit and risk early in my career, I was like, this is going to be a new area of risk. And so if something's new, then the curiosity kicks in. So for me, it was a natural curiosity, desire to learn, continue to lifelong learn. But I also deeply feel that you've actually got a purposeful and meaningful job in cyber. Like I've got a team at the moment. And given we've been in lockdown for two years, being able to explain to your team like new graduates or as you're hiring and being able to say, well, imagine if you didn't have internet, Netflix, prime video, etc.," during lockdown, what if your job is to help secure internet companies and telcos or what if you're securing the energy and utility sector the transport and parcels if there was no home deliveries so i think that deep purpose that you're doing something for society and livelihood of citizens has really been a a driving factor for me
1: Yeah, what what was your thought? Like he was into tech, uh, as he says, but what actually inspired you to say, I want to, okay, breaking stuff is one thing that you liked, but (laughs) in cybersecurity.
2: The way (laughs) I found it. So,
1: what motivated you to go into cybersecurity? Was it hacking because you were breaking stuff, or was there any other reason?
2: (laughs) Um, and just to clarify, ethical hacking
3: <laughs> That's Ethic. uh, I
1: think
2: the ethical hacking bit came came in later. Um, that was more, um, I guess, on the back of this. Uh, and like you, you pinpointed this exactly at the beginning um, of the conversation as well about you know the the brother sister the protectiveness um, these these things maybe they come into play and you go okay well. If you're protecting and you've got that protective nature, well, security is a way of protecting a much larger or wider field. And um, look, no one can do it alone, but we can all help each other and contribute um, in some way or fashion. I think the ethical hacking side of it only came in from, well, there there is multiple ways of contributing and defensive measures are not purely strategic. And yes, I'm going to create something as a defensive measure, whether it be a network defense, or I'm going to be doing something technical, or maybe even from a governance perspective, a non-technical defensive measure. Um, at the end of the day, um, offensive um, uh, offensive measures are also a way of defense. So that's where I guess the ethical hacking um, bit comes into play.
1: Oh, that's nice. That's nice to know. So imagine yourself that you are a student right and uh, going back to a decade or some years back when you were a student uh, would you still want to become a chartered accountant or would you go into cybersecurity just after graduation that's a good one?
3: question i would say i um personally for myself i would absolutely um I think for me the CA program, Chartered Accountancy on the back of a Bachelor of Commerce degree was the right thing for me. Reason being is um, I couldn't see myself, like I was struggling, like hopefully most uh, graduates going, what career path do you take? Like, and, you know, when you sort of think, oh, my God, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? It feels very overwhelming. So my whole thinking was um, do something that gives me a good foundation, And for me, a Bachelor of Commerce degree and a Chartered Accountancy background played to my strengths. It also gave me a lot of career options, which had safety, and it also had lots of opportunities. But it gave me a good foundation, and I feel like I've really been able to switch careers with the upskilling, but I had the foundation. So for me personally, it it really worked and has given me that right platform to continuously upskill And it's a um, well-recognized brand and it gives you some really good skills.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree because uh, my family, half of my family is into chartered accountancy. Like they are accountants, so I can definitely relate to it. I find it a little boring, but (laughs) chartered accountants have that sort of Uh, extra knowledge on top of cybersecurity. So I would say an extra skill that they have. Um, So what one advice that you would give to a student who is wanting to get into cybersecurity, since you have varied experience in cybersecurity domain, which domain should one pick? uh, And how do they go about learning that domain?
3: That's really good. Um, I might start off then. I will, I would say for someone who's a student who's just say graduated. So let's go with someone who's just graduated or postgraduate. Um, they could have done a cybersecurity degree or they could have done maybe not a cybersecurity degree, right? There are different scenarios. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually pick something similar to myself. Like, so say someone who's not done a cybersecurity IT degree. Um, have done a Bachelor of Commerce, and you go, you know what, I actually would like to get into cyber. Um, And that's exactly why I'm going to just mention here for anyone listening uh, to this podcast, that's why I've just created a campaign, and that's how we got to meet. It's called Switch to Cyber, and it's all about that growing awareness and igniting that passion for people with diverse skills, backgrounds. So if you're someone who is a chartered accountant or marketing person, anyone who hasn't done that IT and cybersecurity, this campaign is really bringing that awareness that your skills are needed in cyber. So to give uh, the listeners who perhaps uh, have got that diverse skills background, I would actually start with two steps. I would say, number one, really understand what your superpower is. Like what is it that you're really good at? Because you're bringing different skills Um, And then I would be doing some lifelong learning upskilling. There's a lot of ways that you can learn and um, get more experience in terms of knowledge. Like you you need knowledge and you need practical experience. It's two sides of the both coin. For me, the first step was because I wasn't naturally um, with that IT background, I needed to get some knowledge and there are so many free things online Um, to just get the base knowledge. That's where I would start because then you get an understanding of, well, what am I good at and what is the language and where can I contribute? And I identified that I was not going to be a pen tester. That is not for me. So you can very quickly, I would start there.
2: Yeah, I would start there. Uh, your experience is a bit different. Yeah. No, look, I think uh, I'd, um, I'd agree with that. I think if you are looking at um, the students, so whether it be an undergraduate that's close to finishing their degree or someone that's just recently graduated, yeah, definitely I agree 100% with what um, my sisters just mentioned there. Uh, I think if I was to just take it one step further, if someone that has already graduated and then maybe has done a year or two two years, so if in that one to two years bracket of having done something else that's not necessarily in a cyber degree, um, I think at that point it, it is good to just have a look at what kind of um, business skills you've actually developed or what kind of skills you've developed in that role and then apply it to or look at how those can be married up to the different skills or diverse skill sets that my sister was mentioning as well in terms of cybersecurity um, industry. So. You know it's everything is not about and i think this is the common fallacy everyone always has and we've all been through it so um it's totally understandable that okay um if i need to join cyber what programming language should i know and that is the number one question i get from any student that reaches out to me and i think that's where it's very important to highlight the fallacy that it's not about coding um well, not everything is about coding. Coding is one avenue or one stream, but there are a ton of different pillars that you could actually adopt. Um, so whether you're actually going to cyber governance or if you're cyber incident response management, um, you're not necessarily um, actually going down coding. Um, unless you're actually writing scripts as part of like, you know, doing a pen test, um, that's a different story, but it's understanding what kind of skills you actually currently have. So within those one to two years, early stages, what you've actually picked up, um, what is it that you actually like? Which ones of those could I apply in different areas of a cyber value chain, if I can say? So not everything is just about just one core spectrum. And then how can I actually go about linking those? And then going through those sort of um, steps in your mind, I think would be would be the first, first point of call.
1: Yeah, and I absolutely agree to that because um, lots of students ask me as well what to start with, and I just tell them, list down your skills, list down what you have learned, and then map it to what you enjoy doing in cybersecurity, and that's the best thing that you could start with. So I could definitely resonate to that. Um, so coming back to your role, what do you do now? What do you both do? What is your current role, and where do you live?
3: I'm going to start with the where do we live? Uh, we're both in Sydney, Australia. Um, for anyone on the uh, listening to the podcast internationally, um, I would say, so uh, my role, I have got a, a few different roles. So um, I'm leading, I'm the founder of this global campaign. So certainly any students who would like to switch to cyber, I would encourage them to join the campaign and um, they will feel supported because there are other people globally that are part of that so that's one part of my role um, i'm also the associate partner at ibm so i look after the australian new zealand cybersecurity security practice covering uh, telecommunication energy and utilities and all of distribution and um, uh, distribution and industrial which is all of your travel retail manufacturing and so, my role really is around advising and supporting clients enhance their cybersecurity from a strategic cloud risk compliance perspective. Um, and I lead a team, so I get to nurture and coach and support a team of cybersecurity professionals. Uh, but ultimately, my advice to clients is really helping them untangle those um, cybersecurity blind spots. Uh, that come through when clients are
1: transforming.
3: So that's 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 me in a
1: nutshell. Amazing. What about you, Sumit?
2: Uh, Yeah, so look, I have actually started up my own um, startup called Aracena. And in essence, Aracena is cyber for non-techies. (laughs) The <laughs> so perfect for this segment, <laughs> yes. and uh, yeah, in terms of what we do, I think you've pretty much nailed it in the um, opening introduction. Um, the short, sharp, lightning fast. Yes. So while um, while there's a lot of um, you know certifications, there's a lot of degrees and a lot of courses out there that you know over twelve months, twenty four months, or However long, we can teach you this about cybersecurity. We can teach you this about cyber, and there's, with all due respect, there's a lot of it out there, um, and there's you know an abundant abundance of choice. What we're actually doing is we're bridging the gap between that knowledge and the application of it. So, in essence, what Aracena does is it it enables your non techies to actually be work ready in cyber so if you think about it like all your your degrees courses and certifications they'll give you the knowledge what we're actually teaching is how to actually apply it and if you think about it if you are actually able to do the work in a certain role or in a certain job that's what gets you paid a salary right yes So pretty much that's the gap where um we're bridging and so within four to six weeks you would be actually doing certain cyber learning programs where you're actually doing the work deliverable and actually understanding and, you know, actually practically doing um, the deliverable.
1: So a bonus or a giveaway on the podcast while we have you here. And I wanted to ask you in this question in part two, but I'll, I'll, I'll carry on and ask you this question now that, if there is someone who is listening to this podcast and wants to learn something new and then apply it to their job instantly, how can they do it? Can you give us an example of it?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. Like in which respect in terms of a...
1: So maybe a certification, for example, like you did certif- certified ethical hacking... Certification. So, if someone is, so for example, if someone has done CEH and they want to apply it to their role um, instantly, how can they do that? How can they become an ethical hacker in their role?
2: Oh, look, uh, in terms of the ethical hacking side, there's, I mean, there's pathways for that, and there are people that specialize in these certified and getting that ethical hacking pathway. Um, Aracena doesn't actually focus on the ethical hacking bit. In terms of how you would actually apply it practically and straight away, that's where we're focusing on the cyber for non-techies and all those roles. So if you are actually wanting to take on a cyber risk role, cyber governance, cyber compliance, um, as an executive, how would you actually establish a cyber governance program? Or how would you actually go about building um, an incident response management plan Um, How would you uh, actually write a business proposal, an executive proposal fit for a board chair and actually present it at the board? Like, what would you actually do? Those are the practical things that we would be, um, that we focus on. So, and that's, I guess, the gap which I saw in the market and really seeing that there is a lot of there about what it is this is what, this is what, this is what. And, you know, this is ethical hacking. Obviously, ethical hacking is obviously a different stream altogether, but there's a lot of cyber content out out there about this is what it is, but how do I do it is where everyone comes to me time and time again and say, look, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to apply it. Where can I go? And the the flood of that, it was too much. And that's when I realized, look, that is the gap in the market, and that's the reason why I founded Aracena.
3: Well, I'm I'm just glad that I got the weekends and evenings when he taught me the stuff that I needed to. That's um that's it. I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh,
1: That that's lovely, and that's nice to hear. So, if someone wants to learn some of these real case impl- you know implementation or real case scenarios is there any resources that you can um refer is is there any resources that you can share here um for the listeners that they can look at
2: yeah, yeah definitely um one would be to go to the Aracena website and that way um remember when we were talking about before like what um what stream or where can I actually apply my skills, what domains? I'm thinking a lot of listeners on this podcast, the next question will be, what? um, well, where can I map them to? So on the Aracena website, the streams that we actually have, or we call them cyber learning tracks or programs, we've actually got 12 um, programs that divide them up into your primary or associate level your management level and your executive and board level and it shows you what kind of pillars that you can actually be aligned to or these are the things that you would be needing to do day to day so that would be one in terms of getting a structure that would be one um my um other website like as you would have seen from my profile i'm often referred to as the learning nibbler yes so uh, as part of that, what we actually do is I find a lot of bite-sized learning in a lot of everyday things. And um, I think there's been a lot of those examples from different everyday things that I think my yeah. sister has gone through. Yeah. And uh, those are things that I post about, and they're all for free, like as in, you know, different lessons you could say, or take away key points about cyber. So they're things that are um, posted about regularly on all the social media so your linkedins your twitters and your youtubes so and or what we call them are learning nibbles um, that's mm-hmm. actually available on the website as well so that would be a second resource um, a third resource would be any other um you know just general searches that you can do online so whether it be um if you have a preference for videos it might be youtube videos or if it is something that you want to be reading then it may actually be worthwhile reading um, certain blog posts and certain journals as well. Um, the blog posts will actually give you a bit of an indication about views. Um, I know like mine actually explicitly state that, okay, this is just my personal view. Whereas certain um, security journals, I in that like obviously link across to or papers that I'm referencing, um, and those that actually are actually posting into certain security journals or magazines. Um, and the last one I would probably say is um, podcasts as well is another example. So um, there is one um, by uh, Amina Agarwal. I'm not too sure if you know. Um,
3: uh,
2: I believe we're on that podcast right now. <laughs> so that's also a bit of like um, for those that are That don't prefer the visual or kinesthetic type of learning. Uh, Audio is also a way of learning, and that's something that you can be doing, you know, while you're doing some other activity, you can be listening at the same time. So they're just a few examples um, that I'd put out there, but at least it gives you, or at least all the um, listeners, a bit of structure in terms of how to decipher different areas.
1: Thanks for sharing that. And since we have connected, let me just share this secret that one, I connected uh, with you and Anu on LinkedIn. And since then, I've been following you and looking at some articles to get that uh, bit size learning uh, that you mentioned. Uh, And I found it really, um, really great, actually, those articles that you both share uh, for the industry professionals. Um, I think they are really nice to for one to learn different things especially the one article that you shared about um, why it is important for anyone to actually do the certification and then apply it in their roles uh, and not forget about it because mostly learning happens and we tend to forget the things that we get certified on so how to apply that and I have taken that um, as an opportunity for me to grow by Doing one certification and then making a video out of it, maybe so that I could learn on the go and help everybody else learn about it. So, really great work on that.
3: I'm glad that you're enjoying it. And it's so true. Like, we, there is so much research that if we don't apply what we've learned, we're going to forget it. I can't remember the statistics now, but World Economic Forum or some big organization came out this year and. If we just learn it and we don't apply it, then it's going to waste. So we really need to apply it practically.
1: Oh, yes, definitely. So I'll be quick uh, as we are just nearing our time and you have another meeting to go. So what is the biggest challenge for you? Let's start with you, Anu. What is the biggest challenge that you felt in your career? Yeah. Um,
3: this may sound surprising to some and it may resonate with others. But I think that um, uh, that um, whole sort of doubt, the doubt creeps in. Can I do this? Uh, will I be able to do that? That doubt that comes in, that is challenging. Um, I I think we sometimes just think that people um, on the outside, they look confident or they know all their stuff. That doubt that comes in from time to time. And when you, um, you really need to look after yourself and really uh, believe in yourself. And I think once I really, um, found a way to really do that, I think that's really helped me. But I think generally females, we, we sometimes have this imposter syndrome. We, we have doubts come in. I think that's been a challenge throughout um, and I've really been working hard on overcoming it and trying to help others overcome it as well.
1: That's nice. That's nice. Is there any tip that you'd like to share that how to overcome this?
3: I have to say it and, and again and I'm being stereotypical. Like I'm, I might be biased here, I might be stereotypical, but for me, I actually, for me, it was having my brother. Like, I feel like male people, they are more confident and they just mm-hmm. go for things, whereas I might think twice. And, and so I would say everyone should have a smeet in their life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> because, like, I'll give a very good example of um, I was not speaking at conferences. I didn't have a social media presence and I was Probably a bit scared of it. It was out of my comfort zone. Why would I want to be on a podcast or on a in front of a camera, speak in front of people? It was scary. And it was to me that really, and one of my other mentors, both of them male, really pushed me and really got me to think about why I needed to do it and really helped get me through it. So I'd say you really need. Uh, those people who support you, whether it's mentors, brothers and family, um, supporters, buddies, you need people who are championing you, who are actually showing you how to do it. So it's good to have people championing you, but also someone who will um, show you how to do it and practice. I think my first presentation, we did five practice runs and he he gave me feedback and helped me. So you need people willing to roll up their sleeves with you.
1: Oh, that's that's nice. that's nice. really nice, Sumit, that you empower her each day, every day and help her to be the best that she can be, and she is the best. Um, so
3: <laughs> to um,
1: So going over to you, Sumit, so when you're away from your work, what do you enjoy doing away from work?
2: Yeah, I think just before I start on that, this is what I just sort of wanted to say. I mean, Look, I think my sister's giving me way too much credit here. <laughs> I think that's that's the nature, right? Um, it's all coming out in mm-hmm. terms of, um, uh, look, I think in terms of how much she has obviously helped me grow and made sure that, you know, look, I've actually had a chance to, you know, thrive. I, I think we shouldn't underestimate that side as well. I mean, in terms of what she's all mentioned, that's that's not even near half of what she's done for me. So like, I mean, let's let's not forget to applaud. And you know how they always say um, just pause and reflect um, about the woman in your life. Um, So, you, you know, your mothers, your sisters, um, any other family, relatives, your friends, mentors or um, even female students as well um, that I've had. Like, as in we, let's let's pause and reflect in terms of what we've learned from them as well. And how much they've helped and empower us. So um, I just wanted to um, sneak that one line in there and just uh, just set the record straight. It's not it's not all one way. Um, but like but standard.
1: we need more submits and in, in in our yeah. industry we 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 need more of them. We need more of um, more people who can you know help us uh, get to that point where we say. Sumit helped us, and then Sumit comes in and says, "No, it was her effort. It was. <laughs> it uh, is I mean, how she." I mean,
2: there's, there's there's a notification coming in. Um, oh, is
1: it?
2: Yeah, uh, and the notification is saying that Google searches for cloning a person has just risen five hundred percent.
1: <laughs> oh, did i fall for this train <laughs> is, is, it april, is it april Fool's day today <laughs> i'm going to edit it <laughs> no i'm just joking we'll keep it <laughs> oh that that was a nice one <laughs> i'm not going to i'm not going to record the second part <laughs> or maybe
2: yeah,
3: off we'll,
1: we'll the that's, that's nice so just coming back and I have this n- last question and it's quite interesting so if you would want to change one thing about you what would it be hmm. that's a very hard
3: question
2: like from a career perspective, or from a... anything
1: as a human, as a person, what would you like to change about yourself? Anything?
3: I, I think it's more about um, the long list. I'm trying to pick <laughs> one of them, and this is again the female nature. I'm trying not to come up with the mm-hmm. big
1: list. Yeah, like the I, I mean, think I'll... I'm perfect. I'm okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, look, at the, I think there's a simple answer to this, like as in aspire to be more um, confident like my sister. And, you know, she can say the same about me and, you know, there we go, <laughs> there's the sibling effect.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd say overall, like, I think that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. I, I would say that um, one of the recent challenges that I've been working on and want to really improve further is this balance. So I think working from home for two years <laughs> um, and, like, balancing now I've started this campaign, which I'm really passionate about, to help people switch into cyber, your well-being, time with family and friends, your day job, exercise, like, catching up with friends, my hobbies. I, I think there is uh, some elements of uh, days and weeks and suddenly you go, it's out of balance. So getting that balance and flow right, I really would like to Probably not change, but improve it is how I would put it. That's one of my focus for this year.
1: That's nice. And what about you, Samit?
2: Well, I was just going, oh, because um, <laughs> she took my word, balance. Let's <laughs> 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 use um, that as an example. Now I'm just trying to see if I can pull another one out of the hat. Um, look, I, I think uh, the initial one would have been around the balance thing, but maybe if I just um, sort of take that, uh, on another step. And uh, I know that a bit of the conversation did come in about the, okay, how do we go about championing others as well? And I think my sister mentioned about, you know, um taking people under your wing. Uh, I think it's not more about a change thing, but more generally reflecting on what, um and not just me, but like people generally in the industry, I think this is a common theme and where we're all starting to reflect and say, okay, well, look, whom did we Either mentor or support or take under our wing more casually, or um, I guess in any way just inspire, uh, even though if it wasn't, you know, as an official and formal mentoring, um, whom have we inspired and whom have we actually helped pave a way for? Um, and I think just reflecting on that and saying, okay, yeah, how could we improve or how could we have probably started doing that earlier in our career? Um, I think at that point, there's a lot of focus on, okay, well, look, first, I've got to build up something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now there's that growing awareness, and I think we should continue to do so. It's, it's never too late, and it's whenever you're at a stage where you're comfortable to start now um, reciprocating all of this, I think this is not a change, but something we just continually uh, build upon and keep going with, I would say. Yeah.
1: Yes, and I'm inspired by you both and um, I want to go on with this and keep on asking questions uh, with you both and learning so much from you, but I'll let you go and um, and for the listeners, please follow them on Switch to Cyber and Arasena. They are really amazing individuals and I'm sure you'll learn a lot from them. And thanks Sumit and Anu for being on the show. It was really nice talking to you and I can't wait to record another session with you both uh, and talk more about your initiatives and learn from you again.
3: Oh, look, it's, it's absolutely our pleasure. I'll say thank you. We can't wait. I think um, we could just have some more chai and just continue the conversation. We'll bring some samosa and pakoras in and we'll be fine. Yes, so absolutely.
2: appreciate
3: Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Living and Breathing Technology Podcast with Amina Agarwal. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels.